Hey there, everybody. I have Zach with me here today. Amazing guest. We have the awesome PJ Agnes, which is, he has the Archangel Prote Protective Intelligence. Did I get it? Yep, Archangel Protective Intelligence. <laughs> Thanks for having me back, Brandy. It's good to be back with you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for wanting to come back. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. Well, we had and such a fun time last time. So yes, we did. It was an awesome conversation, and um, I hope you liked. Oh, I'm, I'm sure you, you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> were were you able to share been, it? I wouldn't be back if I didn't. Were you able to share it with people? Yep. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I thought it. I thought it ended up looking really really good. It's a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and we're back for more good conversation. Very yes. um, necessary conversation. As, as yeah. It's always necessary. So, yes. Unfortunately. So, yeah, that's true. It's, it's unfortunate that we have to have these kinds of talks. You know what I mean? Especially with children. Because we see kids, we don't, we, you know what I mean? It's like, when a, who wants to hurt a kid that's a child? And then you find out there's a whole world, a whole world that you know of evil people that kids no one's safe you know and we can't be with them at yeah. all times in a perfect world that would be unthinkable most of us can't even comprehend that type of evil i certainly don't understand it me either me either it's very disturbing mm -hmm. yeah but i thought you know it'd be good to um talk about different um ways because i know for for you and for what you do, you know what I mean. You that's your you you have experience, you know what I mean, and safety and what people can do should do, and so I wanted to um, you know touch on like, for instance, um, like what what are the for you what are the things that you feel like children need to be aware aware of when they are at school from no matter where they are, just to, just to like have that, you know? You know, I have done self-defense seminars for just children and I have experience teaching just children. And the most important thing with children is not a physical technique but teaching them to use their voice, teaching them to scream when they feel threatened. If it's out on the playground, someone's grabbing them or in a department store or even at school, if you're being shoved up against a locker, get people's attention. Yeah. So teaching them to use their voice to yell, but also teaching them to use their voice to speak out. If someone's doing something that they don't feel is appropriate, if they feel it's scary to them or if it's hurting them, they need to know that they can talk to an adult, let an adult know they need to know to speak up and they won't get in trouble for that. And the thing adults can do 
is let their kids know that they will listen. If your kid comes to you and says, hey, my teacher keeps touching me in a way that I don't feel right about, don't try to explain that away. Don't say, you know, I'm sure your teacher isn't touching you like that. I'm sure you just misunderstood. You listen to that child and take that child seriously. It's a very, very serious thing. And children need to know that they are going to be taken seriously. I always tell kids that they should think of three people they can trust. You know, maybe it's mom, grandma, a teacher. And that way, if they don't feel comfortable telling one of those people, tell another one. And if one of those people is doing something that you don't feel right about, then you can go to another one of the three. I, I think three is a good, safe number. So I always tell kids three people. But yeah, use your voice. Be loud. Even if you're in a place where it's not appropriate to be loud, school, or maybe you're in the middle of Target. I don't care. Get people's attention. I, I had a girl that was being bullied a bunch of times, and she said, oh, it always happens when no one's around. And I said, you know what? You tell this bully to stop and freak out at them, get teachers to come out of their rooms, get people to look, get everybody's attention. And if someone's, you know, gives you detention or something because you're screaming, who cares? You've stood up to your bull. Yep. True. But yeah, it's very um, important for kids to learn to speak up for themselves and advocate for themselves. As parents, of course, we need to be that first advocate. But we can't always be around our kids. We need our kids to speak up for themselves and speak up for others, ultimately. Yeah, don't be a bystander. Yep. Yeah. Um. You know, when you said you spoke about at school, you know, you would think that would be the last place that a child would go go um, unheard, you know, because that's what you, you expect from the children. We tell the children, like, as teachers, uh, come to me and you, you let me know, you know, and then when they do and you do nothing, you know what I mean? You kind of leave that child that's got to be like the one of the worst feelings because they they don't feel safe and you're gonna leave that child to to go handle this on their own whatever yeah it happens all the time and they're just completely left out on their own they don't know yeah where to turn when the person who's supposed to be protecting them tells them you know i will protect you 
and then they're not there for them. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with um you know with my with my son. Yeah. When he used the text and they he would go go to the teacher, they didn't carry through with any of it. It was kinda of like, well just stay away from them. I'm like, that's mm -hmm. not a way to you know what I mean? They're in this yeah, that's crazy. And the the past few uh events that were on the news and the the children that were being attacked, teachers were right there. Some teachers had knew about it, had seen what was going on that whole time and did nothing. I yeah, I'm that. very I'm very concerned about that. I'm very concerned yeah. about that going into the future because with with kids having their lives so disrupted. Eighty percent of kids report being suicidal the mental health of all of us not just our kids has taken a hit yep. but yep but our kids especially and it's hard for yeah. us to grasp some of the things that have gone on and we've been fairly powerless as far as what our governors decided and it's been hard for us to grasp some of it and it doesn't make any sense to some of our kids especially some of our special needs kids our special needs kids have really really suffered for the most part there are some of them that have done really well in distance learning but there are a lot of them that have fallen through the cracks yeah yeah it's very very true um you know as far as you know them like you said it's a big concern and i think it needs to be addressed and somebody if nobody says anything nothing's going to happen somebody's right. got to address it because we all seen it and it's happening and it doesn't make sense from the most morbid things and i think that should be a concern and parents need to take a good look at that and make it's different this time around and we just because some people do think of teachers as babysitters daycares and you got to be more consistent you got to show your face you need to know what environment your child is you did damn near need to make yourself a student an honorary student <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean you're signing the office go to class yeah these just got you um interesting that you brought up before you know before i get Okay, I'm gonna go go to this and then come back to something else. But like you said, some of the uh, the special <laughs> the special needs and like disabled kids. Now, when it comes to that, and when it comes to safety and being able to speak for yourself, like how how do you? Do you just would hope you know that somebody you would think? You know I mean that the people that you leave your kids with would be the very last ones they would. You treat them like you're your own. You keep them safe. You protect like your own. I mean, and you signed up for the job. That's what you what you do. But as we see, how how does that work for a parent leaving their child that's that's disabled or special needs? Like, what could one do? Oh, I wish I had a good answer for you. I don't have a special needs child. Um, I have a six year old daughter that. I have been homeschooling 
And um, we found a very affordable private school for next year that our friends recommended to us that we really liked. Um, it's a very, very difficult decision to leave your child with someone else. I think some parents don't do enough due diligence. You know, I we've talked about, we both have had um, experience working in schools and I've worked with, with children through, you know, church and self-defense and all that kind of stuff. And I have seen parents leave their kids with me. And I really, I'm a people person anyway, so I want to talk to you. I want you to get to know me. And I always think like, this is the most precious thing in your life that you're leaving with me. You better really do your due diligence. I mean, Seriously, the people that you leave your kids with don't feel bad about just completely being a creeper. Look them up on the internet. Look them up on, you know, truepeoplesearch.com, truthfinder.com. Look them up and see what you can gleam off their Facebook or whatever. You need to be able to trust those people. And unfortunately, with the special needs kids, you really need to step up and advocate for your child. Because in a lot of ways, your child is not able to advocate for themselves. And so you really have to be the one and you need to find allies. You need to find people yeah, that to look it you know. Out. I mean, I know. Yeah. In most schools, you can at least find one or two people that will go the extra mile for you, and come alongside you and really step up and help, even if you're yeah. really struggling with other people you gotta you gotta find allies and it's something that you can it's something that you can develop you know uh there's a fbi a former fbi hostage negotiator named chris voss one of my favorite people to listen to. And he talks about the the fight or flight response, but he talks about it in in modern terms of survival. There's three things that we can do. We We can fight, we can flee, or we can make friends. And making friends and making alliances has always been a great way for people to survive and defend themselves and thrive. So don't think of it as 
a as a passive thing making friends making friends is a very proactive step towards your self-defense these people will help you and then of course you can help them in return but there there's a really interesting thing that i have uh learned from some intelligence classes that I've done is when people help you, it sets off the same triggers in their brain as if you helped them. So a lot of times what I like to do is I like to carry gum with me. It's a, it's a pretty small thing, but I carry, I carry gum with me. And if people have bad breath or whatever, they really appreciate you giving them gum. But if I don't have any, I will ask someone for gum or find a little favor that they can do for me, just something really, really small, because it triggers something into their in their brain that now we're allies. Yeah. So absolutely ask for help find allies and then you don't need to always be the one keeping an eye on your kid but you can have other people around that will help you with that yeah i'm sorry forgive me i had to plug in the cord <laughs> it came out <laughs> don't uh... don't worry <laughs> like let's there it goes. It's reading. Okay. Yeah. That is something that's important. Um, I know also when we like, like teach kids how not to be bystanders and to help others, like when you see something going on and you'll get, hopefully get that kid that they see something, especially for like, uh, uh, you know, one of their disabled, special, you know what I mean? Someone, you know, that can't fend for themselves to, right. to speak up and like help them to say something. Yeah, and that was something that that our students were, the younger ones were good with, with when it came to, you know, looking out for each other, and they did very well with, you know, the um, the kids that had you know, learning disabilities or disabled and stuff, but, you know, but that comes from teaching and them learning and being around that you know. Yeah, I think another important point is anything you want your kids to do. We need to model ourselves. I don't think any of us benefit from bystanders yeah, anywhere. A lot of bad things happen because there's too many people willing to be bystanders. So many. So, yeah, our kids need to see us willing to speak up. If you're at the gas station and the person behind the counter is is being mistreated not that you need to like scream at the person or go up and punch them in the face or anything but you can just say excuse me and i i always like to be as polite as possible and try to try to defuse situations which Again, 
people find that as like passive, like I'm not going to aggressively stand up to this person. I'm not going to be tough. But what, what you have done when you've turned that situation around, calmed that situation down, is now you have taken control of the situation. It's the least passive thing you can do. Yeah. So if, even if you just say, hey, excuse me, I don't appreciate you talking to my friend like that. Hey, I I don't appreciate you talking to this guy like this. I'm in here all the time, and he's always been really nice to me. I'm sorry that you're having a bad day. Or even just, excuse me, hey, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. I hope it gets better. Yeah. Um, I, I had a confrontation with, with someone just being a being a random jerk and a target not too long ago and i really started to like want to get up in his face and i kind of physically turned away so i'm not like like facing him because that is a posture where you're like squared up with someone that's that's kind of an aggressive fighting posture and i just said sir i hope you have a good rest of your day and he responded by by being a jerk and i just kept saying sir i hope you have a good rest of your day and I got further and further away from him, but he was obviously looking for someone to match his energy, which is what people do. People look for people to match their energy. And if I'm angry, I want someone to match my energy. And now I, now I can fight if someone's matching my energy. Yeah. And it's, it's just like verbal judo if i can kind of step off and just go no i'm i'm not going to let you control the situation you have a really good day no you're not going to be a jerk to me you can try it you're just not going to get the response you like from me unless you physically put your hands on me I am not going to react in any kind of a way that this is going to become a struggle. I, I refuse to go there with you. And it's not because I'm afraid of you. It's because I'm cool and confident enough to completely control the situation. And I'm derailing what you're doing. I'm derailing your energy. Yeah. So true. I tell people, like, if you give, that's what they seek. They're looking for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're, like, falling right into it. And if you just kind of, shoot, ignore them. You know what I mean? Or just, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, they don't put their hands on you. 
they'll, they'll get tired eventually and they'll kind of make themselves look stupid. You know what I mean? It works for them when you fall into, you know, to that, that you like, you've been baited. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't take that bait. Yeah. But some people just can't help themselves. I'm like, well, <laughs> you, you, you keep falling for it. So gotta, gotta try something. Well, they always, the day. Go ahead. they always say that with, with like road rage incidents, it's never that person that cut them off. They were always, they were angry from before. And this person just happened to do the wrong thing in the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, true. I've cut people off. People have cut me off. I think going forward again, we're all under a lot of stress. Um, we've seen people are desperate. A lot of people have lost their jobs. People haven't been able to, you know, distract them with their entertainment outlets. A lot of times, you know, going to concerts or going to clubs or whatever they liked to do. And now you're seeing people really get violent unfortunately yeah there has been a lot of violence public random violence lately yeah and i think we just need to we need to give each other some grace and i don't want to be the person that triggers that violence yeah okay so yeah, that's a uh, true. Has been so much going on, and all of us have been affected, and it just has been nonstop since twenty twenty. You know what I mean? It's just like boom, 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 and now to the next, now to the next. We're like whoa, whoa, <laughs> you know? So yeah, and then you imagine what the, like like how what the kids are thinking and what they're going through. If you see these grown adults handling themselves in the manner that they're handling themselves, you got it. But I always think like possibly is going through the children's heads mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like well, you're probably looking at your parent like didn't you say treat people with kindness <laughs> yeah you know you're out here hanging off of buildings and climbing buildings, <laughs> just doing the craziest the craziest things jumping in front of cars when they're trying to vote I, I thought people lost their minds i said this can't be real you have children at home what is happening so yeah but yeah so we definitely got to realize if we're not handling it as grown people that have more that are mature enough, where our brain has developed, we're, we're completely we're adults, and we're not handling it. You got to imagine what a child. But sometimes it happens to be where a child can receive it more than, in some cases, a lot of cases, than adults can. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I really thought all adults were right and good and i even had teachers and i remember a principal that were complete jerks and later on in life my mom told me oh yeah that guy was a complete jerk but i i never knew it i thought all adults were nice i thought all adults mm -hmm. were good that first time you realize like Oh my gosh, not all adults are good. Right. That's like a scary thing. Like, 
I thought I could, I thought I could trust these adults. I thought they were the adults. Yeah, protected. Uh, I, yeah, I I can't trust these adults. I can't look up to these adults. What do I do now? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be awful thought, awful, awful feeling. Because when they look at us, they see safety. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, as we go back, like into the school year, I'm pretty sure you could, you can definitely identify and understand that that I think we might have touched on this a little bit that them transitioning back into school without a plan uh, without a any kind of like you know what I mean like motioning them you know transitioning not, them not a lot of support school. yeah yeah I, I think that's something that needs to be addressed because it's going to be different supposedly you know if things are set in place the way they're supposed to be but there's going to be different parents we should already be doing that at home but also schools should have a plan and then together as a village as a unit there should be um some plan where everybody gets on zoom however they do it come together or shoot since it's it wouldn't be safe since some people are going back to school go you know and show the parent around while with the child so they can see already you know what i mean what what the environment will be like and just but they need that they should have been getting it. They need some type of like counseling, therapy to, to be able to talk about and deal with this. Because when you go back into that environment, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some emotions, some nervousness, some it's different. Mm -hmm. It's probably being a little scary for some people after what they've seen and telling how their family was affected by all of this and, and spending this much time at home and stuff. That's, you know, probably going to, you know, and I just don't think that. You think about everything else, but their well-being, them first, you know, and how they'll be, how they handle. It's like them having to take, having to fit into what you created versus you making sure that this works for them. Yeah, yeah, there needs to be some support. There needs to be a... It needs to be not a scary thing, but you need to make it a fun, enjoyable thing to look forward. And what I'm seeing is a lot of teachers are extremely scared to go back to school. Yeah. It's hard you know, you're seeing kids with like little kids. I'm sure you've seen the pictures of this little kids with, with masks and they're sitting in like a desk and they have plexiglass yeah. surrounding them and you're being treated like a virus and yeah. you're getting this, this like almost I'm scared of you. This is a scary situation thing. And yeah. I understand that teachers don't have any control over the health guidelines they need to follow. But I do think that teachers, parents, everyone involved needs to make this the least scary that it could possibly be yeah, for yeah, yeah. our children. 
Yeah. Like, you want them to take it seriously, but not terrified. You know what I mean? You know, just, you know. Well, I think, I think good hygiene is something that kids should be learning and yeah. practicing. You've never been in, you know, an adult men's bathroom at like a stadium or something, but adults don't take personal hygiene seriously a lot of times. And so, yeah, you want them to take it seriously and you want them to, to understand good personal hygiene, but not just for now, forever. Yeah. That's just a thing. We wash our hands. We wash our hands for this long. You know, I spent years and years working with kindergartners, and I would tell them, you can sing the ABCs, you can sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. That's how long we need to wash our hands for. Yeah. And you would hear a, a hallway of kindergartners singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star or the ABCs or Happy Birthday to themselves. I'm sure it was annoying to some people, but I never cared. That's how they were learning. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. It, it, it there definitely needs to be a, a balance where we should practice good hygiene but you're not dirty, you're not sick, I'm not scared of you, I'm happy you're here. All of those things need to happen, and it's going to take a ton of work. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot to get adapted to. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and then the stuff that comes along with it, like, because never nothing will ever really go as planned as you think because that's just how life works out. But then when you deal with kids, you just some of them might be ready to get back right in and, and give you a run for your money. And you're like, you got that one that just don't listen. So it's got to be, and I can totally understand why teachers would feel nervous about it. They have every right to be because they're we're human, they're human beings too, and they don't want to catch this. You know what I mean? As they've seen what it what it can, can do you know and um yeah it's a very big concern because i, I see and, and working in a school for so long i see a bigger like you probably would see these same things too than one that you know what i mean is not there on a daily basis and doesn't the routines that happen throughout the day i, I see the trip to the bathroom being a little more extra long that takes away from the day mm -hmm. because you know you gotta make sure you know there's you know and then how do you explain to them like how is that play time going to work out? That break time, what do they do within that time? And then lunch, do you have those things at lunch? Will they now be having lunch in the classroom? These are things that people should wait up to the last minute, or if they've even thought about. These are things that they need to be apparently to write these out. You know what I mean? I might even do a, a, a segment and just be like, just make sure you ask these questions. You know, like mm -hmm. don't just because if they're not saying it, bring it up. I mean. That makes no sense to me. Because they have to travel through the school all day long. Yep. Not, I haven't heard them talking about opening up classrooms wider. Uh, no. I mean, there's 
most schools are just stacked as as much as they can anyway they just don't have a whole lot of extra space yeah to be doing things with um i mean fortunately it's almost summer you know a lot of the teachers i know in minnesota teachers were the first ones getting the vaccine and i think it made some of them feel a lot better But we are, you know, two months away from summer, two and a half months or whatever. Yeah. And hopefully we'll be in a very different place in September. Yeah. And things will will look a lot more relaxed in yeah. September. I, but who knows? Yeah. I would think that they would wait since, like, we only have those, those two months. And this could be that time to... Um help with transitioning, like get all the information, talk about it, questions, concerns, maybe even have a, a trial run or, or something, you know? And yeah, states are handling it so, so differently. I, yeah. I don't know exactly how it is. I know pretty much all elementary schools in Minnesota are, are back in. Um, I think in middle schools, they're transitioning back and maybe even high schools, yeah. but I have not. I, I think a, a for us, it's going to happen this month. That. Yeah. Sometime this month, you know, which I, I don't know how I feel about it. It's, you know, it's but, like um, there's a situation there. There's no good solution. You know, we have a. Okay. We have a lot of states that are completely opened up and, you know, people aren't dropping dead in the schools and stuff. So the kids are not are not really the ones that I would be concerned about. But, yeah, it's. Yeah. I think there definitely needs to be a, a lot more thought and in, put into how are we going to transition them? Why are we transitioning them right now? And you're right. I mean, in some places, if they're if they're starting in April, I mean, I would like to see kids back in the classroom, but maybe just. Maybe just wait till September because it makes the most sense to yeah to transition mm -hmm. kids and then into that natural break yeah. into the next school year. Yeah. You know, I think that everybody needs to be concerned. The first concern of everybody should be, and I know it's it's not because you know this thing is so so politicized now yeah yeah but the kids should really be first and foremost on everybody's mind that's sad yeah. that they're not yeah yeah it's very true and they're not during this whole process they haven't been you know but uh, it's like we've forgotten about them 
my my wife made this point is it's like the first time in history that we've really had our youth make a lot of sacrifices for old people. We've asked them to put their lives on hold because, you know, people 65 plus are, are going to get sick. So we just need to realize that the, there's been a tremendous burden placed on kids and every single one of them is traumatized in some possible way. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to deal with it as, as things are. I mean, it's not even helpful at this point. I think our, a lot of mistakes have been made by a lot of, I mean, I, I don't even want to say political leaders, but, you know, people that were elected by, by a certain percentage of the voting population, because, you know, there's a huge percentage of people that don't vote, and then a huge percentage of those people don't, don't vote for this guy in charge. So, um, political leaders, I think, is is kind of a a leap for me, but they are they're the decision makers, and I mean, there's a time and place for who made what mistakes, but it it doesn't really help our kids at this point. Nope, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, as parents, we just got to make sure we fill in, you know, as much as where where we can and, and make sure that accountability any all across the board is held, you know. So, yeah, like, I just, like, just, you know, I've always thought this, but, like, the other day I was thinking, like, just all the, the stuff that, you know, that just comes to light, you know, with, with children. And I, I asked a friend, I said, do you remember back in the day? When they would have missing children on the, the on the milk, and how we just look and say, "Oh," uh-huh. and then go about drinking the milk. I was like, I don't even remember when they stopped putting children on, on the milk. And then he asked, he was like, "What well, did they change them, or was it like the same one?" And I said, "I don't know, but I just remember missing, you know, children being on the milk cartons." And it was like, mm-hmm. and then you start, started you know, started thinking like, how do we keep them safe? give them I, I actually state. like that we I actually like that we get text messages now I guess I don't know how universal that is but in Minnesota we get um amber alerts my daughter yeah. has yeah we get them too yeah my daughter has mm-hmm. a has a phone that um isn't even we don't have a phone plan on it she just uses it as like an mp3 player almost she plugs it in at night and listens to stories. And one night, real recently, there was a Amber Alert in Minneapolis, and and she got an Amber Alert on her phone. I was like, 
Daddy, there's an alarm. What's it say? Oh, how do I tackle this one? Mm. And uh, it, it was uh, what happened is we have had a huge, huge increase in car thefts in Minneapolis in the last year. I live like 20 minutes away from Minneapolis, so I'm not like in in Minneapolis. But uh, car thefts have gone up 900% in the last year. And there's been two incidents in the last month where someone has taken a car with a kid in the backseat. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's when it gets really scary. One of them... Um, they, they dumped the car off at, at a church, not far from my house and the neighbor saw it. And so the, the kid was found within the hour safely. Um, and then the other one, the kid got dropped off, not far from their grandma's house. And the kid ended up at their grandma's house somehow. Uh, but that's that's scary stuff when when crimes are happening and kids are getting, you know, caught up in it. These people weren't looking to kidnap or steal a kid. But they jacked these cars and kids happened to be in them yeah that's that's just wild (laughs) i mean i don't know if you heard of the story of maybe uh, some weeks ago of the lady that um she was getting gas or whatever she's in the car kid her child was in the back and um some suspect was trying to get away, I guess, from the police. Cause he's, I, I'm thinking that they were already in pursuit of him, but he was trying to get in her car, like pull her out, and she would not get out because her child was in the back. So she was like, no, I'm going to get out with my son. So as he, um, I think he even like positioned himself like on her or something like that. But when the police came, they just started immediately shooting at that car, at, at him, and uh, which I thought was crazy because the child, the little boy, practically a baby. He got shot in the head. Oh um, God! Yeah, and uh, to be totally honest, I, I need to check and see what the outcome was. But he was fighting for his life, you know. So oh he didn't, man! God, but it was hard. He so it sounds like a, Yeah, it's, it sounds like it was a really bad response on the part of the police, but the mother did. Yeah everything right in that situation what i would say and this is actually one of my key principles that i teach people about self-defense is you defend people and not property if someone wants my wallet or my phone they have a gun pulled on me it's not worth risking my life I'll toss it away. They can go run after that while I get away. Yeah. If if someone wants my car, if someone puts a gun to my head, 
wants my car, they can take my car. If my child is in the back seat, it's a different story. Now yeah. you have where I am going to fight for the life of my child. Yeah. I I I would give you the car, but if my child doesn't get out of the car, you can't take the car. Sad as it is, it's a reasonable, you know what I mean? Like, you want the car? Then let me please, you know? Like, get my kid out and go about your way, you know? It sounds like a reasonable. Because yeah. like you say, a lot of times they end up leaving or anyway, they're not meaning to take the child so extra you know what I mean? For you know what I mean? For them, it's so sad to put it that way. You know, but I mean, I don't know, just it's all around just really sad to that this is a even a topic. <laughs> uh-huh. No, but it's like this is where we're at, you know? Yeah, but it it has to be. I I would not have um believed this because I've heard stories about it and you hear you, you hear stories where you're like Oh, I know someone who knows someone that that this happened to. And I always dismiss those stories because, you know, it's like playing telephone. I, hmm. I can't believe something when it's like I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. But so many people I know have had scary situations with their children where they felt like someone was trying to separate their children from them at a Target, at a Walmart. Yeah. And it's been a lot of people that I know have said this. And I've gotten I've gotten calls from parents like, hey, my child needs to learn some self-defense. I need to learn some self-defense. We were in this situation and didn't know what to do about that which so i will i'll teach everybody listening what to do about that so there there's this thing used by human traffickers where they try to corral you what they do is they try to physically keep you in a space and corral you to go into one space or it could be one aisle or whatever and then they look to separate you from your child and it happens so so quickly the first thing you have to do is physically take hold of your child if we are in a situation where you don't feel safe, your child doesn't feel safe, or you just get the feeling that that someone is watching you, following you, first thing you do is you take your child by the hand. There's no argument about it. There's no talking about it in the moment. Um, my daughter this happened to actually just a couple of weeks ago where she was in line with my wife at a target and some guy, some older guy started asking her questions and really low, 
hushed tone. He was asking her, was not asking my wife. Now, could that be just innocent? You're, you're waiting in line and you're, you know, just trying to be nice to this kid. Sure, but if you're talking to just the child and ignoring the parent and tr and keeping the parent from what's being said, this is inappropriate behavior. Yeah. I don't care what your intentions are. This is inappropriate behavior. And when my daughter got home, the talk that we had, and we, we've discussed this before, but she isn't old enough to remember, so we need to reiterate it. If she feels uncomfortable, because luckily she had the wherewithal to let my wife know that she was feeling uncomfortable, my wife was feeling uncomfortable. I gave her a code word. She does not like broccoli. She will never hmm. in her life ask us for broccoli. <laughs> if she asks us for broccoli, our protocol is if she is around someone in the line, if she is with her friends, wherever she is, that is the code that tells us that something is wrong. If she asks for, for broccoli, we will never confuse that where she, where we'll ever have a time where she goes, no, I legitimately just wanted broccoli. She doesn't want broccoli and who can blame her. But then we will take her, remove her from that situation. If we are in public, we will find a security guard or someone who works at the target, especially if it's with my wife, but I will see it, see it, or I will do it too, because having more witnesses is better than not having enough. And I never know who has a gun or a knife on them. It's not that, you know, I, can't defend myself because I very well can. But if someone pulls a gun on me now, it's a very, very different story. And it's a much more dangerous situation. And they can be much weaker than me. And it doesn't matter. They have a gun now. So we will find a security guard. We will find someone who works at the target. I do not care if they seem busy with something else you will drop what you are doing and you will help one of your customers be safe they have security people they have loss prevention people all of those people can help out but we need to get safely to the car we need to get safely out of that situation if if anyone starts to feel uncomfortable, we need to pay attention to that. Um, yeah. I'm going to 
I'm going to teach everybody something else, which is, this is kind of cool because this is actual, like, spy stuff. There's something called a surveillance detection route. And what it is, is what it sounds like. You are doing a route to to figure out whether you're under detection or not. And if I feel that I'm being followed in a target or whatever, and there are times where I, I just think like I'm I'm completely paranoid, but this guy seems to be like ending up in all the same places as me. Mm-hmm. I will do a surveillance detection route which means what I am going to do, and I can do this in my car, I can do this on foot, is I am going to make movements that if anyone's following me, it would be very obvious. Now, if I was in the electronic section at target and then walked to the women's clothes section and then doubled back you know it's called falling back and went back to the electronic section it's very unlikely that someone is going to be walking in that same pattern as i just did where they're going to fall back and go to the original position. And now I know I'm being followed and I can deal with it. I can let somebody know. I can get some other eyes on that situation. Um, there's there's another thing called stair-stepping where you kind of move in a zigzag pattern. And it's a very unlikely pattern for anyone else to be to be moving in, you know, I'm going up an aisle, then over, then up an aisle, then over, then up an aisle, then over, then up an aisle, then over. It's called stair stepping because it looks like stairs when, you know, you trace it out from a bird's eye view. And it's very unlikely that anybody else is moving in that same pattern. And so if, if I see that same person watching me now i know that i'm under surveillance uh, what doesn't mean like they're taking pictures of me with a or have a surveillance camera on me they're just watching me and then i can alert somebody to what's going on if i'm in a if i'm in a car and i'm doing it i can do things like you know, if I take one right and someone follows me, okay. If I take another right and someone's still on my tail, it's pretty unlikely. If I take a third right, now I'm traveling in a circle and anyone who is traveling in a circle with me it's it's not a coincidence or i can get on the high uh, you know get on the highway 
get off the highway at the next exit, get off the highway, get on the highway. Really weird, sporadic movements that people are unlikely to be following. And then if I'm in a car, my next, my next stop would be a very public place or if I feel comfortable going to the police station. And I understand there's a lot of people that just do not feel comfortable around, around police. So I'm not trying to push that on anyone either. But um, I can call, I can honk my horn. If all of these situations get eyes on the situation, get as much people or as many people around you to pay attention to the situation, get as many allies to yourself as you possibly can. But it, when it involves your child, do not fool around. Honor your child's feelings. If they feel that something's not right, it's probably not. If you feel that something's not right, it's probably not. I know that a, a lot of times we go like, oh, we, we want to be nice. Oh, yeah, that person looks rough, but we don't want to judge a book by its cover. Right. This is not the time to be nice. Be safe before being nice. Yeah. Be nice to someone else. Be nice somewhere else down the road. But this is not the time to be nice. And, you know, if if it, if you're ever in a Target and for some reason you walk around and I'm standing behind you and you think, hey, that guy looks creepy, and you take whatever steps you can to be safe, I, I will forgive you. I promise. <laughs> uh, but don't fool around with your safety. Don't fool around, of course, with your children's safety. Yeah. But make sure you have your eyes on your child. Make sure you take your child by the hand if you need to. Don't allow anyone to separate you from your child because, unfortunately, things can happen so, so quickly. Yes, very. Yeah. And it's even scary not, not more, too, because you got these masks now that, you know, people are yeah. wearing. It makes it hard to identify, like, you know, who they are. It's like... What do you, what do you, you know, what do you do? <laughs> so. Yeah. And you would, I would think that it would embolden some criminals and there would be more theft. Apparently um, there is in some places where crime is risen. Yeah. And so it kind of follows the, the crime in the area. I'm I kind of surprised that it just hasn't risen everywhere because people can wear masks now. Yeah. I thought the one of the strangest things I've seen lately is two people uh, went in to rob a gas station. And in the story I saw, they have the surveillance video. 
And they were the only two people in the whole place not wearing masks. And I'm like, why would you do that as a criminal? If you're ever going to conceal your identity, now is the time. You can get away with it right to the point where you pull that gun on that cashier. Like, why would you come in with no masks? What a stupid couple of criminals. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty stupid. <laughs> It was you know, weird. You have the opportunity to actually wear them and nobody thinks that you're weird, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Especially if you're trying to do what you're trying to do. People are so backwards. Yeah, eh? yeah very backwards. But yeah, um that those that that the whole thing with like being like in the store and like I've heard a lot of those too, like at um like the Walmarts and stuff like that. And parents like seeing that it looked like someone was, you know, like because when you think of it and you know that we have like child predators or people that like to find vulnerable women, then in their head, they're like, where do I go? What are they going to be doing? They're going to be going to places and seeking, you know, seeking these things out. So it's like, nobody really considers the fact like these things are happening right now. And, you know, somebody's probably like, you know, really trying to see who amongst you wherever you are, are or you're out here going to the store or whatever it's really somebody that because that's what they do <laughs> you know what I mean they want to go go somewhere where they can be where kids are and possibly get a hold of if you want to seek out vulnerable women and, and, and rape them and then you're probably going to try like people do try to catch them at certain times and, and watch their movements and stuff and that's so scary you know but we have well, to if Aware that those things trafficking happen. is big business. Yeah, that is gets me all messed up. I just... Big business, there's a lot of money in it. Yeah, there's so many um, people willing. Yeah, unfortunately, when we go out in public, we just need to we need to always raise our alert level and just make sure we're not distracted. Just be situationally aware. That's that's the number one thing that I tell people and try to teach people. Be situationally aware. A lot of crime is distraction crime. It yeah. happens when you are distracted. When you are distracted, you are an easy target. Do not be an easy target. Yeah. Very true. I tell my son that all the time. I'm like, when we like go out for a walk or something like that, and I, he's always just like, and I'm like, I said, I need you to just sometimes it's okay not just to be quiet, let's just enjoy the walk. So, also, I'll pay attention to see if he's, you know, what I mean, he's more focused in on trying to talk and look at me while we're walking. And I'm like, I want you to just pay close attention, just like look, look around and like just keep your aware, keep that, you know, like you have, you have to. I told him, I said, you have to be like that, you know, I'm like that because. I'm so used to doing it. That's just, that's what I, you know, automatically know I'm, I must do because, you know, you never know when something's not right or something's a coming, you know, you can see it. You know what you can do? You know? What I always do is I teach people games. I teach mm -hmm. people situational awareness games. So next time you're out on a walk with your son, you can say, like, we're going to try a situational awareness game. 
what I want you to do is I want you to try to spot six birds. Or I want you to be on the lookout to see if you can if you can see any squirrels. Or give them some things to to kind of be on the lookout for. But I I do a lot of teaching situational awareness through games. You know, yeah, I like that idea. Let's pretend. Let's pretend that you need an escape plan from the building you're going into. You need to be aware of where your exits are. How many exits are there in this building? Or let's say someone came in here with a knife. Let's play what if. What, What could you use to keep yourself safe? Is there a fire extinguisher around you can use like a can of mace or you can use to block a knife is there a bar stool that you can pick up to kind of shield yourself is there something heavy that you can throw is there... so we always play these what if games with the members of my community is I'll say, you know, what if this? Or I'll say, hey, put yourself in the mind of a bad guy and go out on the street, go out to somewhere crowded and pretend you're looking for someone to mug. And you have to identify the person that looks like the easiest target. And why do they look like the easiest target? Are they, are they distracted? Do they look less than confident? Do they look like they're not going to fight back somehow? Why do they look like an easy target? Well, okay, what did you learn from that game? You learned how to spot an easy target. And so you want to make sure that you don't give off any of those qualities. Yeah. You don't want to look like an easy target. So true. Very, very true. And that's uh, been, and, you know, this is especially, I don't want to get off topic, but like, for like, oh, we go, and... we have been all over the place. <laughs> I think we're okay. This is your show, right? I know, right? I'm like, who am I? Like, you can go anywhere you yeah. want. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Oh man, but um, like the safety, like of like women is the um is this uh, right? Is to me like the, the tactics that have been like used, and it, and sometimes a lot of times it tracks back to like Walmart too. And think about it because that's like a family store. Like the, the moms there, the kids there, like everybody. Let's let's go to Walmart. Yeah, yeah, let's go to the store. <laughs> you know, and it's like you'll find the things like people were actually like putting numbers on people's cars. And that resembled mm-hmm. a child and yeah, the, marking, the parent. Mm-hmm. That number would tell you how many people's cars. Yeah, how many they have. That is a that is a very old tactic to mark people's yeah. cars or to mark people's homes. Yeah. Um. You know when this person's not going to be home at you know noon tomorrow. We're going to mark their house 
so we can find it when we come back. But yeah, it, I've heard a lot of these stories happening at Walmart in particular. Mm -hmm. And I there there's actually a very good reason for it to happen specifically at Walmart. I've actually gotten very big into um like crime prevention uh through environment where you you can set up an environment where less crime happens mm -hmm. so like uh like target's got those those big red balls out in front of all their stores now yeah and that is to they have put those there for a couple of reasons is they have have put those things there so people can not drive up onto those little sidewalks or so people couldn't couldn't just you know ram their car into a door or something yeah. but also for their loss prevention people and what they'll say internally and this is something that they don't want you to know so don't tell them i told you this <laughs> but their loss prevention people are taught not to chase people because it you know there's a liability issue people have knives people have guns so if someone is stealing from the store and they get past those red balls you just let them go so they have set up some environmental factors that help with crime prevention juxtapose that to a walmart what do you notice about a walmart it is a it's a mess yeah. i go to the walmart in my suburb and it's it's a little nicer as far as walmarts go but i feel like i'm in a big maze <laughs> i feel yeah. like i could get lost in the walmart Okay, true. And yeah, it would be be very, very easy. If you want to commit crime, you're not going to go in the place that's well laid out that you might get caught. You're going to go in somewhere that's messy and not well planned and not well laid out and i don't know yeah. the statistics on it but i have to i have to think that like in my town there's a walmart and a maple grove within like a mile or my town is, is maple grove uh, there's a maple grove walmart and a maple grove target 
less than a mile down the street from each other. And I would guess that theft happens way more often at the Walmart than it does at the Target. Yeah. Because it's just, the way it's laid out is so much more conducive to crime. Very true. Uh, I don't know if they look the same like from where you are, but I'm just going to assume that the the possibility is there because it is like that. It's very big and like, and it's always a lot of times, so many people. That's the one thing about mm-hmm. Walmart. It's like when there's a lot of people, I just like, please get out of my way. <laughs> and yeah. like, Woo. I have like basket rage or something. I don't know. But no, I don't have rage. I just sometimes just be like, see my eye, I'm like, I got to go. To, I, I'm, I'm in and out. I want to do what I gotta do and get out of here, and uh, so yeah, and, and nobody's like paying it like attention. So like, you, somebody gets a hold, God forbid, of your your kid or something like that. They're they're distracted. Oh, well, can I go look at the toys, mommy? You know what I mean? And it's like oh, you want to say yeah. Like when I told my, my son, he's like fourteen. I'd be like, just stay with me right now and just gonna be done with this. They'd rather stoop kiss. You know what I mean? During this time, stay with their parents anyway. But I don't know how to break it down to him to where the reason why is the day the days that these these times that we're living in like right now at this very moment you know it's like whoa <laughs> you know what I mean like you know what with a fourteen year old boy I can I can tell you what I would do if I was you is I would say you know it can be very scary for women to be alone a lot a lot of times you'll hear in the news like women have have been attacked and stuff i would feel more comfortable if you were around me so don't you don't have to present it like i want to keep an eye on you yeah and be like i want you there to protect me because you know you're getting to be a big strong man now yeah and it shows, I guess that would help show him, him having that mind frame would probably, you know, make him more aware. But yeah, I didn't, think, I didn't even think of it like that. That's completely a good idea. Yeah, no, sh- yeah. shift that, that thinking and get him thinking like he's a protector and your mom likes to have you around. Yeah. You're getting to be a big, tough guy now, and I want to have you around me as much as I can. So, you know, we'll go to the toy aisle together a little bit later. But I please, I'd appreciate if you'd stay around me. It would make me feel better. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) You know, unless you got the kid that turns around and says, you'll be fine. (laughs) Be like, hey. No, but I think I think my, my kid. I think he would he would uh, want to protect me. So he better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I've found that kids like when you give them some responsibility and when you yeah. ask them to like step up. And yeah. I have a feeling that if you were to tell your son, like, hey. I need you around just so I feel safe. I have a feeling he would step up and that would work for at least a while. 
<laughs> Maybe right. down the the line, he'll be like, "Mom, you'll be okay." <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's like, "I think you got this. You got this." <laughs> He's like, "Carry like, your pepper spray here." <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good way to keep you know, especially for that age, so they can develop that, you know, that 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 safety. Do you, you know, do you carry pepper spray? Safe. Yes, I have two things of pepper spray. <laughs> I have three tasers, <laughs> and you know, a ha- uh, tomahawk. Which I don't carry it. So I can't carry my tomahawk. <laughs> you know. So I'm. But. I'm gonna give you something better. So go on to like Amazon or something. Is it Saber the pen? Red Was that you? Really good... Was it the pen that you told me about the pen, right? The the pen. And the pepper mm-hmm. gel, not the pepper spray. Okay. The pepper okay. gel is a far better self-defense product. Okay. It's not going to carry on the wind and go all over the place, and you don't have to worry about getting a face full of it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pepper is called yeah. pepper gel? Pepper gel, yep. Okay. And it is. It's, it's a gel. It's... Like uh, it's almost like being shot with like syrup or something. Like it's oh, it's wow. stickier. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely look into that today. Yeah. Yeah. Stickier. Yeah. I don't. I don't particularly love tasers either, just because to use a taser. effectively you need to be real close and you need to be real precise with with the prongs of that taser yeah and that's what that's for like if that somebody does god forbid that they do (laughs) and it's so so Uh, intense too i'm like like, ah you know yeah i i promise you though if i wanted to get a hold of you and you had a taser Mm -hmm. I promise you, you could tase me, and I'd still get a hold of you. Yeah. I've never met the taser that's just going to completely drop me right away. Yeah. I got one they recommended that they said the police like use, so I tried to get the best one, and I tested it, practiced it a little bit, and, you know, I feel like, hey, why not? Just just in case, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't hurt to have something that could possibly yeah. be used correctly that you could, like you said, you have to be you know what I mean? You have to, you know, you know, uh, and don't tase yourself, you know? Yeah. And look how, <laughs> look how unsuccessful the police have been with them several well, They don't times. even try to use it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll Just, show them how to use it. It's like, not kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there are several problems. Unfortunately, yeah. there is nothing out on the market that is perfect it doesn't yeah. have drawbacks yeah just hope you don't ever have you to know use it. i i talk to uh, m- more guys have this attitude than women but i'll talk to guys and they'll be like i don't need to learn how to defend myself i carry a gun See, that's, that's okay, but you physically have to get that gun out of your holster and get that gun in play. And within 21 feet, 
someone could really do a lot of damage to you before you can get to that gun and guns misfire. That's not a perfect solution either. So yeah. don't don't neglect actual self-defense. Yeah, that's like that last resort. You, yeah, yeah. Like that's dire need like situation. Like that like not an option, like I'm just gonna use this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and I don't I don't want the legal hassle with pulling the gun on somebody. I don't want the legal hassle. Yeah. I've i known several people who have been in that situation, but I haven't known anyone who's had to use a gun in self-defense. And that would be just a nightmare scenario for me. I mean, I would mm-hmm. rather, I'd rather go to court than, you know, go to the funeral home. But if I ever had to use a gun in self-defense, that would be such a legal nightmare for me. I don't want yeah. that. Yeah. Even though self-defense, you got to, like, show why. Yeah. So it's like they say, when you take it out, make sure, <laughs> you know, you take, you know, that it's just, yeah, like. Hmm. Yeah, self-defense law is so complicated because it's so different from, you know, one state to the next. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there are some states where you can where you can open carry. There are some states where yeah. you can uh, carry, but it has, they can. Yeah, there yeah. are some states where you just can't at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that's not a it's not a perfect solution. You can't you can't carry everything, anything that's a perfect solution. Yeah. Unfortunately, learning self defense isn't a perfect solution either people have guns people have knives and it's yeah. just best to avoid people when possible yeah and try to just be safe when you're out and about stuff like mm-hmm. and try to partner up buddy up with you know especially when with kids have a system of them to have a have a good friend you know because also i tell my son like be aware of who you bring it right allow into your space and who you're you know what i mean yeah. Because you want to make sure, like me, that's why I don't just, oh, you're my friend, you're my friend. You're like, no, I don't call everybody my friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're amongst good people, though. You know, I know that, you know, I will never do anything to put you in harm or you don't have to worry about that. But that's not always the case, you know, when it comes to you and a person. But I, I tell them, like, like for, like for me, if, I, if I'm if i going to be somewhere with, with somebody, it's got to be somebody that is not going to put me in, in harm. You know what I mean? Even down to somebody like shoplifting and stuff or doing some crazy stuff. Like, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And, and somebody that's not going to, if when trouble arises, leave you behind. You know what I mean? Or don't even try to help you. You know, he had a friend do that to him one time. And I was like, yes, really? You know, what's really funny. <laughs> I have a funny story about that. So um, I have an MMA background. And we had this, we had this guy in our MMA gym, heavyweight guy. Uh, we called him, we called him Mo. I don't feel bad about saying his name because that's that's just a nickname. But his name was Mo, 
and he was like the biggest, strongest guy I've ever met in my life. And uh, people used to walk into our gym off the street all the time and want to fight somebody. Our gym was called the Crystal Fight Club. So it was an MMA gym, but people got the impression that like they were going to walk in there and they were going to get to fight somebody. <laughs> and um, several people walked in off the street and my coach would say, Hey, if you, you know, sign this waiver, you can spar with one of our guys. And my feeling towards it was like, no, I'm, I'm never going to do that. Mm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spar with somebody off the street that I've never met. Cause who knows what's going to happen. And uh, one guy came in off the street with some buddies of his and um, he sparred with one of our guys who you know, just humiliated him. You, you can't come in off the street and challenge a trained fighter and expect anything good to happen. <laughs> and so this guy just humiliated him. He didn't, he didn't beat him up, but he outclassed him and really made him realize, like, if I wanted to beat you up, I absolutely could. <laughs> and this guy had been humiliated in front of his friends. And he had a girl with him, which is a very big no-no for me. If a guy is in front of a girl, his ego is much more fragile then. Yeah, so true. Um, so he's in front of a girl. He's in front of our... our you know, his friends. And he goes and um, he tells my buddy in words that I'm not going to repeat, uh, but he basically tells him, I'm going to come back and I'm going to shoot you. Wow. And my buddy had been a Marine and he was a power lifter, very, very tough dude. And he wanted to go at this guy then and there. So me and Mo are, are holding my friend back. I mean, we're, we're like literally wrestling this guy who's a much better wrestler than I am. We're wrestling him away from this guy who's, who's threatening him. You know, he's got four guys and a girl. Things are going to get really, really ugly in here. And this is a, this is a gym. This isn't, this isn't a place we have gang fights. <laughs> and, um, so we were with Mo, who's this big, strong, hulking dude. And th th they left. 
And we said, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to walk to our cars together. We're, we're not going to run. We're just going to walk confidently. We're going to walk quickly. We're going to all get in our cars. And none of us is going to come back here looking for a fight today. And I thought, hey, this is really cool. If anything happens, there's this really big, strong guy. I'm not too worried about myself with the people that I'm with. It's it's me and, you know, two other MMA fighters who are really, really, really high level. And so we walked out. And Mo, this big, strong guy, who is, I mean, he was also just a teddy bear, too. He was a sweet, sweet guy. We walked out, and I've never seen anyone in my life run so fast. <laughs> he was scared out of his mind and just left us <laughs> way behind and we didn't get to the parking lot before we saw him driving away. <laughs> I, he moved so quickly. So, I mean, people react to things like that differently than, than you would think. You know, yeah. when, when people are presented with danger, most people don't react well. Most people don't keep their heads about them. Yeah. Those are cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, no, I, I agree with you. You don't want <laughs> to be around those people. I've talked uh, to members of my community quite a few times about social distancing. And what I've been saying to people is it's good to stay six feet apart from people. And I'm not talking about because of coronavirus or anything. People are nuts. It helps your situational awareness if they're six mm -hmm. feet away from you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if if someone wants to hurt you, unless they have something, you know, like a gun, someone wants to stab you, if someone wants to grab you, if someone wants to strike you they have to get in your space yeah they have to physically get in your space and i am much more comfortable with people not being in my physical space oh yeah and have a right to <laughs> mm -hmm. you know feel that way yeah bound boundaries yeah yeah no i'm feel you breathing on me that's a problem mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm one of those people, I've always had this thing since um, since I had been doing martial arts for a while. I've had this thing where I don't like people, you know, people will come up and like put their hands on your shoulders and gently rub them or, or <laughs> even say like, hey, I'll give you a back massage. I don't like people rubbing or touching my back because I am so used to training partners mm 
trying to choke me when they get back there. It's like, do not, <laughs> do not go around my back. I have, I've learned to have the kind of control that if you come up and tap me on the shoulder, I'm probably not going to break your nose anymore. <laughs> but I am really uncomfortable with people being by me, especially when I can't see them. But yeah. um, again, if their hands are in their pockets, I'm really uncomfortable with that because I don't know what's in your pockets. Right. Yeah, very true. And, and those very things that you um just said that make you uncomfortable, you, you just know that that's what, because it does, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't something you were told. You like, you just know that that's not what you like. And especially for your, your you know, from the MA, um, MMA fighting stuff. But I think it's also something to spark it in um, kids too, or like young men. Like you don't let people get that, that close, <laughs> you know what I mean? And not be aware or be prepared or put some distance. You know what I mean? Because if you're getting that close, that means red alert, red alert. Yeah. Know, I don't know what's coming, but you might, you might want to step back. Because that person, you stepped into that zone, you can't really be surprised how a person reacts. That's personally what I think. It's kind of like uh, when you take uh, the doctor takes the, uh, you know, and hits your knee and, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the reaction happens. And that might be that person's spot. But I think that we have to build kids up to let them know what's the norm and what's not. You know what I mean? If we don't let them know, then they might just let people be in their face, you know what I mean? And feel uncomfortable, you know? Like, some kids are open, you know, Ali will, will say, like, I don't like you in my face. Because even when they're little kids, they'll tell you, like, they don't like something, like, please get out of my face or, you know, stuff like that. So for the most part, yeah. I guess you grow into those the type of things you don't like naturally. But growing like, adolescent-wise, depending on what type of uh, esteem you have to yourself, like, if you're confident in, you know, putting your boundaries up, or if you're not, I think it helps to just go over those things with, you know, like a father, especially like, I think that's important, like, really like for a father to do with their, with their son. Yeah. It should, you know, I know there's some fathers well, that do the, the eyes, looking in the eyes things and tell them how to stand and like how a man, you know, starts them, you know, self or things like that. I think we and school. we got to be we got to let kids know that it's okay to have boundaries too. Oh yes. Very much. I, I've seen it where, where a parent will, you know, with a family friend or something like the kid doesn't want to give them a hug and they make them give them a hug. Don't make your kids do things like give people hugs or let people kiss them on the cheek that they're uncomfortable with. Let your kids have boundaries. Yeah. This is yeah. where they're learning that that kind of stuff is okay. They don't need to let people touch them. Right. That they're not comfortable with. It's not, it's not, oh, you know, be nice. Let this person touch you. That yeah. should never happen. You're that uncomfortable. Mixed signals there too, you know. Yep. Yeah. And that's yep, weird that's... too. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, like it for you to weird. tell your child, go ahead and do it. Let him, let him, let him kiss him. Like what? 
they don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they as want a, them to have, a... be that way and, and voice that when they're, you know, among strangers, but at the same time, you kind of make it feel like they have to do it. To an adult. Yeah. As a culture, we do all kinds of weird things. We have all kinds of weird norms and yeah. that would be like a whole different show. <laughs> it would, would. We do, yeah, we do a lot of weird things, but yeah, we need yeah. to let our kids be okay with boundaries and yeah. we need to let, we need to be okay with our kids saying no. Yeah. We need to learn how to say no ourselves sometimes. We need yeah. to let our kids be okay with, with saying no. Yeah. And no is a complete sentence. <laughs> right. It surely is. It, yeah. I want to give you a hug. No. Well, why don't you want why don't you want me to give you a hug? I don't owe you an explanation for why I don't want you touching me. Okay. I just don't want you touching me. Yeah. That's so true. That's you don't you don't have a right to my body. And I said no. There's no discussion about it. It's just no. Yeah. That's very true. Like you said, that's like a, you know, the the things that uh, we install in their heads, like we don't realize we try to teach them one thing and then we'll, and I know time is ticking here, but it maybe this totally would be another show, but I just wanted to like hit on something really quick that I find to be uh, something that we, we pick things up and we carry the tradition on and we never really think about how it doesn't make sense. Like um, sitting on Santa Claus lap, the whole Santa Claus thing. My mom didn't really do the whole Santa Claus thing. I didn't do it with my son. I know exactly who was bringing the gifts and I was grateful. And I, I'm, first of all, I'm not giving nobody credit that didn't bring it in here. And why would I make up this story to tell you later on down the road that I was lying, completely lying. And then some people will go out of their way. They know what to do to get to a kid. I'm going to tell them there's no Santa Claus. And you're like, please don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it yeah. messes kids up sometimes. They're like, what? There's no yeah, Santa I Claus. Don't... I was like, that was going to be the outcome anyway. What was the purpose? You just lied to them. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. I've never. Yeah. So my wife is a little bit bigger on it than I am. Mm -hmm. But I have never told my daughter that there is a Santa Claus. I have never told my daughter that there's there's not a Santa Claus. One time she asked me and um this was like a year or two ago she asked me if santa claus was real and i responded mm -hmm. do you really want to know and she <laughs> said no said, okay we'll talk about it when you're ready but i want to be in a place where i want to be able to say no i didn't lie to you about this i wasn't going to lie to you about this i'm not going to lie to you about other stuff yeah, carry on this crazy narrative. He knows when you're naughty. He knows when you're nice. He's coming down the chimney. It's kind of creepy. He's gonna this big. It is. It is extremely creepy. You know <laughs> what I really hate? I really hate the elf on the shelf. I think that is the creepiest thing. And I'm like, why would you bring this little snitch into your house? <laughs> like you're just normalizing like the NSA spying on us. Right. No. You can't. Yeah. If you, if you are telling your kid like, 
you got to be careful because the elf on the shelf, like, that's lazy parenting to me. Yeah. You like, go ahead and freak them out, like traumatize them. Quick. Yeah. Like, I'll take care of you. <laughs> I just think they're so creepy. I don't, I kind of dropped believing in Santa Claus at like mm -hmm. an early age. And, um, well, for me, I remember, I can't even remember what TV show it is, but you know how on sitcoms and stuff, they'll, they'll have plots about like kids finding out Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I have no problem when my daughter is, is old enough and really wants to know about it. Hey, you know what? We, we have Santa Claus decorations up. It can be fun. That doesn't mean that we believe he's real. We don't believe Mickey Mouse is real, but we think mm -hmm. he's you know, fun. We we don't think yeah. the Little Mermaid is real, but you like watching mm -hmm. the Little Mermaid. Nobody tells you like <laughs> that. that I, it's funny that I went into the example. Behind it. Well, the Little Mermaid specifically, if you read the Hans Christian Andersen version, it was. This is literally the message of the story is the little mermaid soul won't go to heaven unless all the kids are good. Oh, and it was, it, it, <laughs> they did some weird things to like threaten kids back then. Yeah. They mustn't really for, think it through. Like that is traumatizing. You put pressure. Now that kid feels like, oh my God, it's all my fault. Did she make it happen? <laughs> Isabella, yeah. come here a sec. Yeah, I am. Isabella, come here a sec. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. We get in some weird things. Come here. Um, but yeah, I I don't want to be in a situation where I'm ever lying. Come here, sweetie. Exactly. Lying to your, your kid. Yeah. So on this <laughs> podcast with Miss Brandy, and we were talking about you. Remember, we have... We have a code word to help keep you safe. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to come say hi? Do you want to come be on the podcast with me? <laughs> this is my daughter. <laughs> she is way shyer. <laughs> She'll than... be a quick one. She'll be a quick one. She's adorable. Then I would think, but, but yeah, um, if she was here, I wanted her to tell you that her code word was broccoli. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, she went away. <laughs> She's really adorable. Thank you. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. So I, I've never lied to her about that kind of stuff. And I mean, for us to, you know, we're, we're a Christian family and we very much are into what Christmas really is about. Yeah. And like, okay, this the Santa stuff, it can be fun. That doesn't mean we need to like. It's just a fun yeah. thing. Yeah. It's if true. you ask the kid what Christmas is about and they can't tell you, they think it's really about gifts. Then that you have missed 
the mark. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Yeah. It's about being good so I get presents. Right. You don't even have to get any presents, but you you know I think we should show them more part of the giving. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. taking them to, to, to go make somebody else a Merry Christmas versus always getting, getting, getting. So yeah. Yeah. Um I mean there's so many opportunities around Christmas time for Yeah. For that kind of stuff and Yeah. Yeah, we should be praising our, our kids for that kind of stuff. And, you know, it goes back to everything we've been talking about. We want to yeah. develop healthy habits in our kids and reinforce those healthy habits yeah. and dissuade the bad habits. And yeah, teach them how to be good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how we make good people is by starting. It starts in the home. So you give them those yep. those, those things about a good person, so that that they that this is not what they do when they get there. They help each other. Yep, teach them how to how to be good people and yeah, uh, be people that are are going to be self reliant people. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, I'm not always going to be able to make those decisions as far as who my daughter hangs out with and the the media she consumes and where she goes and how she behaves and yeah uh, i just i want to i want to teach her good habits and teach her how to make good choices now amen like lead, lead by example <laughs> yeah 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 you you're doing well you You'll, you'll be okay. You got a good one. You're very, you know, I appreciate you once again for being willing to, you know, anytime, you know, you want to come on here and spread, you know what I mean, a message, you know what I mean, and, put, and get it out there, you're, you're more than welcome because these are things that we need to to talk about. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think we're going to probably just end up end up doing this a bunch of times which is yeah i'm, make a I'm cool with that <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah that would be, be cool. that would be really cool um yeah, yeah. let me know I, i'm totally down i love you know being able to bring awareness and like uh, with other people too <laughs> well just just think of uh, yeah come up with you know topics you want to touch on we we had a topic today and i was able to kind of think it through and i knew where we were we were going so i hope that i provided some things that would be of value to your viewers and your listeners yeah, for sure most definitely even with me like with the with my son and and turning it around to where i I make him mm -hmm. feel like he's keeping me safe. So, well, you have my help. number, so you need to text me and let me know how that goes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I need to when I'm going to text you too, because I want to tell you a story, a prank that we pulled <laughs> on Clubhouse with him, and it was just hands down sad, but it worked. But it it might have been a little messed up too, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let you know. I'll let you go and. Get back to your family and stuff, and thank you so much. Um, I don't know if thank you just want to go ahead and just. I know you, you you did this in the last show, but if you go ahead and give the listeners, 
your social media so they can um, find you. So I actually bought a, a domain name that made it, it's going to make it easier for people to find me. It's Archangel and Arc is spelled A-R-C-H, Archangel Operations dot U-S. Okay. And, and that's just that, everything. You find everything. That will take you to my to my main protective intelligence community. And we have a we have a social media community that um, we can get on there and look out for each other. And uh, I do most of the posting, obviously, but other people can post, other people can share things with me, people can message me there, and we we look out for each other. It's it's a really cool concept. It's a subscription-based community, but I try to make it really, really affordable. So it's $2.99 a month. I'm never going to raise the price higher than that. And the promo code Archangel will get you a free month. You come in, try it out, and you say, hey, I like this, or it's not for me, or whatever. Awesome, awesome. Definitely got to go. And um, I, I went over... I'm not gonna, I, I went over, but I wanted, what I initially wanted to do was put it up. Because I think I, I should have told you, but I posted our show. It had been up for weeks on my website. Like there's like a page on it where as soon as you scroll down, you'll see, you know what I mean, you're, you're, you were on there. So I like to switch up. Oh, like you need to give it. Videos. Yeah, you need to give me that address too. Yeah, 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 to totally. I, I've been putting a lot of work into it. So I think you'll like it. I think it's like the first page and you go down and it's got different stuff. bullying. Yeah, stuff you and, stay busy. Yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of work to do now for the radio show that's coming out that I definitely would. I think we would love to to have if you know anyone. Matter of fact, let me say this to you and to the listeners. Uh, if you know anybody that has any great content, wants to, has anything that a com comedy, sing, music, uh, podcasts, the radio host, um, we are looking, we are actually bringing people on to our radio show and uh then if you like it, then you can, we'll definitely uh, put you on to the roster and you could be a part of the Real Wise Radio and, and, you know, your content. But, yeah. Well, cool. Good luck with that. But, yeah, you are you are very busy. I see it. I don't yeah. know if you have them going all at one time, but I know at some point, like, I look up your name and I see, like, you had 17 podcasts or something crazy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> can't help it. It's just, just like I like. Well, yeah, just <laughs> yeah, putting in work all the time. Yeah, most definitely. But thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, thank you so much again, PJ. You're amazing, and uh, I love thank having you, you on. You're I love our conversation. So much fun to talk to. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll we'll do it again soon. So if if you're watching this, I'm. I'm going to be popping up again and again. So you're going to just have to bear with us if you don't like seeing me because I might <laughs> I might make some appearances in the future or something like 
yeah. And ask questions, people. If you have questions, you know, uh, leave them, uh, put them in the email. I'll, I'll do something where they like people can like have questions they want to. If they don't go to your site, they leave the questions, and then I'll like pass them on to you. I I love getting questions. I love anything where I can come on and help people. I don't want to just come on and promote myself or anything. I'd really like to come on and make that time valuable for someone and help someone out. So yes, I would be happy, would love for any kind of questions um, that I can answer. And I, I would love people to, if they have those questions, don't hold on to them and wonder about them. Get them out there. Yeah. yeah. We actually like that kind of stuff. Bring it on, people. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for introducing me to, to the little lady there. You know, and you guys have an uh, awesome, awesome weekend. <laughs> she'll be, she'll be uh, happy to watch that part of it and see the the little part with her shoulder <laughs> and her running away. She's like, oh my god, my shoulder is mine, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Brandy. Thank you. I'll talk Take to you care. later. All righty, bye-bye.